Sport, Insight, Inspiration. This is your host, Arup Soames. Welcome to Kite Talks. Great. Uh, hey, everyone. We have uh, Jeremy Erber. Correct me if I'm wrong with, with the pronunciation. And if, if, <laughs> but, uh, but at the end of the day, what, what I'd love to say is, is Jeremy has been a friend. Now we just uh, spoke about it for, uh, well, this is, it's been over eight years, I guess, that we've, we've known each other. Uh, Jeremy's currently Director of Partnership Development for CSM, uh, a really international organization, which he'll explain to you about uh, in a bit. But Jeremy, thanks for um, taking the time out and speaking to uh, our listeners and, and this audience in India who's really, um, I mean, here to, to understand what, what international professionals are doing, what, uh, uh, I mean, how they maneuver themselves in, in a global market uh, uh, like the US and, and others. Uh, but yeah, again, thanks. Thanks for taking the time out. I jump straight into a little bit of your background. Um, I know you've worked uh, with, with the Nets uh, and Barclays Center as well, but, but tell us a little bit about your experiences with uh, with with the nets to start off with and then and then we'll take it from there yeah no uh thanks Arup, and uh it's good to good to connect and uh yeah thanks for that introduction um yeah so very quickly uh you know and i've been sort of i think we crossed paths obviously at nyu years back and had sort of a, a long career in, in sports business primarily in new york um but yeah sort of my last and longest foray before coming over to csm was at barclay center um uh, and with the Brooklyn Nets, I was actually part of the the team, uh, really the first team in Brooklyn, actually. Um, the Nets were still in New Jersey. They had um, the, the the building had gotten the green light. It was it was being constructed. But my first year working for the organization was actually the, the team's last playing in New Jersey while Barclays Center was being constructed. And I was wow. really part of the team that sold, sold Brooklyn. Um, my first role was uh, primarily around uh, premium ticket sales, um, corporate t- sales to try to build up the, the base of, of uh, corporations in, in Brooklyn and in the city that, you know, we're looking to utilize, uh, you know, a sports entertainment platform that the borough hadn't seen really ever. I mean, it's funny. It was the first time that a, a major professional sports team um, went to Brooklyn since the Dodgers left, you know, 50 years prior. So to say it was a big deal was an understatement. It was, it was an incredible experience, uh, mm-hmm. you know, really got a firsthand chance to kind of learn the ins and outs. I was on the sales side, but a lot of interaction across all the different departments with marketing and, and merchandising. I mean, the whole sort of logo and, and color scheme and, and color palette was all a really big deal. Jay-Z was involved. I mean, it was, nice. it was a big deal. And, you know, New York, you know, arguably one of the biggest sport and media markets. I mean, it definitely captured the attention of people. It was a lot of uh, buzz and attention. And yeah, for a couple of years, I sold uh, tickets and then I moved over and, and sold uh, premium suites. So part Brooklyn Nets employee for a couple of years and then the arena side, you know, a bit of a different business and selling just, you know, more than obviously basketball, but we had big concerts, college basketball, um, you know, uh, I mean, events such as Cirque du Soleil and, uh, then we even brought the New York Islanders in actually as tenants um, that played oh, professional cool. hockey. So, you know, balancing a professional basketball team, a hockey team, you know, we had, I think at our, at our peak, probably 200 plus events a year. Um, and uh, yeah, it was an incredible experience. I was there for about five and a half years and 
Um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty special experience to be a part of, you know, a professional team coming back to Brooklyn, being yeah. a part of, a, of the venue that's, uh, you know, still, you know, receiving reward uh, awards. And um, uh, so that was sort of my, my career with the Nets and Barclay Center. J- Jeremy, I, I want to, if you don't mind, um, just to give you a little bit of perspective in India, a um, lot of lot of our venues are, I mean, old. That's one, <laughs> but but a lot of them are built for mass. Um, and and I don't blame. I mean, the thought process back then, uh, but but a lot of it doesn't sort of turn into um, what what we as, as sports business professionals see globally. And and exactly what you kind of just spoke about, which is premium seating sweets because uh, yes on one hand you are catering to a large uh, just ticketed audience but but a lot of the business a uh, lot of the revenue a lot of what you can churn and, and and able to turn into sort of a long-term strategy comes from from exactly this uh, the business that that you're in which is which is the premium side uh, and and in India it's it, it's still uh, well it's it will happen and it, it does happen in certain uh, uh, leagues and, and certain stadiums, but, but not at the scale that it happens internationally. Um, and so I, I would love for, to just maybe uh, touch on a few stories or, or just uh, tell us a little bit, um, uh, some more in detail of, of how particular partners sort of were able to, um, to engage with, with the center, with, with teams or with events uh, happening at uh, uh, the venue and, and, and how that, that turned into uh, something uh, like a, a long-term engagement as such, uh, which, which, which we see, I mean, it's really important for sports business to, to run in that manner. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, it's a great question. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, you know, the co- corporate support. Um, I mean, f- first off, you know, client entertainment, um, you know, really here, at least in the U S um, it's just, it's such a, I mean, I think to the point we even talked about earlier, you know, sports has this, uh, in this prior to, prior to, uh, to this uh, conversation, but sports has um, sort of a unique ability to bring people together um, from every background uh, all over. And I think, um, you know, to that point, um, you know, from a business perspective, uh, no matter what business you're doing, whether it's law or um, finance, the ability to spend quality time with individuals, um, get to know them on a very intimate level is, is so important. And sports has that ability to do that. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. bridge to get people to, you know, sort of break that wall down, have a good time with each other, take in an event together. So, my, my specific role, my job was to, to, to help companies really do that. And I mean, I guess one maybe, you know, good sort of successful case study or example was a company and sort of, um, uh, I mean, they provide cloud-based uh, HR software to medium or small to medium-sized businesses, I should say. And they really are just wanting to get to know decision makers at small and medium-sized companies. So, they, uh, they, they looked at Barclays Center and the venue as a great platform to be able to invite prospects or even, you know, existing clients and get them to maybe refer them to the new potential business leads. Um, so we just, we were like sort of the avenue by which uh, this particular company, you know, this in this particular time that I you know, had a successful relationship with and partnership with, 
was able to, or, or was allowing them to utilize Barclay Center and all the events and all the other things that we provided outside of just the games themselves. And we had a whole business platform that connected them to other um, partners in the building, sponsors and other suite holders. So it was really like an integrated platform. But at the end of the yeah. day, it allowed them to just get to know the people they wanted to meet and talk to at an event, you know, in, in, in their backyard, in the city. Um, so that was really uh, kind of opened my eyes to just how important the business is, how important corporations look to sports entertainment as a way to allow them to do, you know, a major business um, uh, function, which is, is just simply just conducting, you know, not even meetings per se, right? But, but, but just getting to know people on a very intimate level in a very comfortable environment without having to just talk business, but just get to know each other. And then that, the, the, the chance of that person, uh, that prospect, you know, answering the email or picking up the call a couple of days later, a couple of weeks later is, is much more likely to, to increase, you know, based on that experience. So that's, that's the service we provide. And that's, you know, the experience that again, opened my eyes up to just the power of, you know, sports and how it can connect people from, you know, just a, a consumer fan level, um, regular sort of fan engagement, dad going with a son to a game, but, but, you know, from a corporation standpoint, obviously corporate dollars are important. Um, the ability to to allow companies to use it as a platform for uh, their business purposes. No, you're you're completely right. I mean, at the end of the day, sport really, it it, it sort of um, it flattens the. I mean, it flattens everything in the sense that, I mean, you could be uh, a Nets fan and I could be uh, any other team's fan, but but at the end of the day, if you're sort of watching a game and it's it it, it one is yes, it's informal, uh, but but it's a um, the the way you can interact uh, using sport or while you're sort of even watching sport, it's uh, it's it's definitely a, a game changer, and and there's nothing like it. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, maybe uh, particular events and concerts, but but sport is is a is a is a very different, uh, for lack of a better word, ball game. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so, so I, what, what I'd uh, love for you to now, I mean, just um, uh, a lot of people may or may not know CSM. Um, uh, I know it's a, it's a massive organization uh, functioning in, in, in 18 countries. Uh, um, I mean, maybe 20 plus offices, if I'm not mistaken. And of course, you're in, in one of the largest ones, which is, uh, I mean, New York. Um, tell us a little bit about CSM. What do they do? And I know your focus is more on the sponsorship side, which which is which is a really interesting area in in India, because um, because at this particular point there are uh, a lot of leagues, teams. Uh, there are about currently, given the number of leagues that we have, uh, professional leagues, there are about sixty four professional teams uh, playing in India, uh, and 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 all of them are looking for sponsorship. Um, so, so just again, tell us a little bit about your role and, and CSM as a whole, and and, and then we'll uh, take it from there. Yeah, yeah. So thanks. Um, so CSM is, um, I mean, really at our core, we're we're a full service uh, sports entertainment agency. Uh, we work with brands, we work with right holders, uh, rights holders. Um, uh, we essentially, you know, build, create experiences and. Um, it's, it's a very collaborative agency that's um, sort of born of and, you know, again, it, like at other businesses globally, you know, we're, we're sort of born of smaller, 
more entrepreneurial startups that, that were acquired now have been sort of rolled up under the, the CSM brand. So, yeah, I mean, we are a true global agency mm-hmm. um, that have offices, you know, in every market and um, our, our sort of core focus uh, or our core competency, I should say, is really around uh, sponsorship, whether that's representing um uh, properties, uh, rights holders, and mm-hmm. acting as an extension of their sponsorship team and that's sort of going out and trying to, you know, help find them sponsors for their events or, or their leagues, or, you know, it, it could be a team. So we work with all sorts of property and rights holders. Um, we also have a consulting and advisory division let, let me sort of, um, where we sorry, work with just brands. Jump in, uh, just before you get into the, the consulting piece, just want to uh, understand a little bit more from, from the right holder piece is, is that just want to understand how you guys function and, and just, just to get in a little bit more detail, you guys buy the rights or you guys sort of, uh, um, uh, and, and then resell them or, or, or would you guys, or do you sort of help the uh, right holders uh, resell them themselves and then, and then you guys work off particular commissions or I'm just trying to understand the business of it so that people also get a better sense. Yeah, no, that's a good question. So, um, and, and again, it's interesting where I was in a meeting just yesterday. I mean, we're, as we continue to sort of grow and, 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 and figure out the best way to approach the market in different regions. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we act a bit different in North America than we do say in Europe or in yeah. the Middle East. Um, but, but, but high level, I mean, essentially, we, we, when it comes to, to, to rights holders, um, the model is usually twofold. It's either we get retained um, specifically by a property. So we'll have, you know, uh, a contract with them where they'll retain us, um, mm-hmm. you know, usually monthly and you know, it could be more than that, where they'll uh, allow us to then go out on their behalf to, to sell their uh, you know, media sponsorship, any sort of their commercial assets. So um, we, we, we basically just sort of become their team or an extension of their team. Um, and that, that's our focus is just to go out and sell sponsorships, you know, mm-hmm. with them, but, but sort of just to, to sort of bolster their team. So yeah, um, yeah in some cases in top, on top of retainer or I should say in all cases, you know, we also get a, a percentage, a commission fee off any, any deal that we sell. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's sort of the model um, with how we work with property nice. rights holders um, and go to market on their behalf. Oh, cool. Yeah. And yeah, I, 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 I jumped in when you were talking a little bit about the consulting side. So yeah, you can go on there. Yeah. So, I mean, again, so whether it's representing the properties, um, we also have a division that um, will work with brands directly and, and they'll get hired by brands to help them figure out what properties they should be sponsoring. Um, so that, that's another division. And then, our, and then and again, there's, there's our, like sort of subsidiaries or offshoots of each of these more on the, well, I guess the last piece is on the live event experiences side where again, there's a few different divisions. I mean, this is essentially like bringing events to life. So mm-hmm. whether it be, um, you know, obviously activation, literally like building signage, um, building a track at a race, um, everything that, you know, you as a consumer might see when you go to a sporting event, um, that's the other division. So it's interesting. We really cover it all, right? We, we sell it, we help consult on it, and then we bring it to life via all the things that go into, um, you know, running a, an event. Um, from wayfinding to all the different, you know, fan interactions. You go to a, a music festival or a, a, you know, a temporary sporting event that comes to 
a market for a bit, you know, anything that's related to just bringing that to life. So those are the different ends of our business. And that's how we work with, um, with all of our you know, clients from different, um, uh, from all these sort of different ends of, of the business. Nice. How many people uh, at CSM currently, if I may ask? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're continuing to grow. I think the last count was, we're probably approaching, well, let's say 1500. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> uh, our, our, our biggest office is in New York and London. New York, we probably have about uh, pushing 300 and London, probably a bit more than that. And then, uh, and all the other collective offices, uh, yeah, probably somewhere around 1500 mark, give or take. Amazing. Do you, do you get to travel, uh, um, for work and, and how's that, uh, treating you? I know with, uh, with, yeah. with a small kid at home and all must be, <laughs> must be <laughs> tough, uh, but, but, uh, no, tell us a little bit about, uh, in general, your role and, and, and the stuff that you're doing particularly. Yeah, no, so it's, uh, yeah, there's a bit of travel. Um, you know, it's one of these things where, you know, uh, I mean, travel is, it's, 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 you know, it's, it could be hard at times, but it, it's sort of, you know, necessary, you know, going back to this sort of, you have to face time is, is critical, but, um, yeah, I mean, one, one cool project I've had the chance to, to get to travel a bit for, um, we're still working actually pretty closely with formula E, which is actually probably pretty relevant even to, to India. Um, and you know, sort of the, the, the electric vehicle movement, um, so Formula E actually came to us a couple of years ago, and this is actually right around the time that I came on to CSM, and it was specifically for this role to help them bring uh, their their first race to Brooklyn. And now they've, they've subsequently had two, and they'll be back again this summer. But um, you know, Formula E, which is a fully electric um, uh, racing series that you know stops in in, in multiple markets throughout the year, um, uh, held the race in Brooklyn a couple of years ago. So we were brought on board originally to help find them sponsors uh, in the U S in, in Brooklyn, in New York. Um, and, but then in, in, in leading up to that, I had a chance to check out a race in, in Paris. Um, uh, I was in Montreal um, with a, with a prospect who ended up coming on as a partner that, um, you know, we just, again, wanted to get a little bit more of a sense of, of what um, formula was all about. Um, uh, I've been to London. I mean, I've traveled a, a quite, quite a bit, uh, domestically here in the U S. Um, but as far as internationally, I've been to, I guess, Montreal, Paris, London. Um, I think that might be it, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's certainly opened my eyes about to the power of and, 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 and how it's, we, um, so, so India has a, a large, uh, automobile manufacturer, Mahindra. Um, yeah, who, yeah. Who also have a team um, competing in 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 for, in the Formula uh, E championship, and 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 they've, uh, if I mean I I read maybe a few months ago or late last year where they were in talks to to see if 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 they can bring that to India as well. I mean as a, um, a race leg here, which which would be fantastic. Because uh, I mean, given that uh, um, India did host the Formula One for a few years. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it, it, it would be really interesting to see. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, Formula E is, again, it's one of these sort of, uh, you know, it's, it's a true global championship. I mean, they've been to, you know, markets and cities that, um, you know, haven't ever really seen that form of racing. Um, you know, obviously motorsports in the U S here is not quite, um, as, as popular as it is in other parts of the world, specifically Europe and, and Asia, but, 
um, you know, formulae is, is really more than, from my perspective, I mean, it's really, it, it's a sport and it's, you know, it's obviously uh, trying to, to gain interest and, and, and grow their fan base, but it, it, it's really like a platform at its core, I think, in that it's a great way for um, people to get introduced and, and, and really understand the power of these vehicles and, and, and how fast they can go and, and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, just the overall ability to, you know, sort of uh, perform at a level that I think people traditionally don't believe that electrical vehicles can. So, um, you know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's a really cool racing series, but yeah, at its core, it's just a great way. It's a great platform to get people to, to learn about these vehicles. And it's obviously a great test bed for all the manufacturers. And I think the last count, I think we're maybe at 11, um, which is the most really of any motorsport. So you just, the, the, the sheer number of manufacturers that are using formula mm-hmm. E as a, as a laboratory to test all the latest technology and all the things that they're looking to do to improve electric vehicles. Um, and yeah, the whole idea is to bring it to, you know, cities, uh, city centers, yeah. the, the places that unfortunately are, you know, have been, uh, uh, just uh, almost polluted. I mean, that's really the best way to put it by just the, the, the sheer number of just diesel and, um, you know, staging these races in those cities, getting people, educating people about the importance of, of, of that technology, I think is, is, is really interesting. And, um, and that's sort of the goal of Formula, right? Is to sort of bring the races to the people in cities, uh, get them to see these up close and personal, you know, machines and, um so yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, India is obviously a great market. I think, uh, you know, we're, we're constantly, or formerly is constantly finding new markets to, to, to bring races to. And, um, it's certainly a, a sport that's ripe for, um, you know, continued opportunity. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's been exciting to be a part of it. Don't work with them as closely day to day anymore. I mean, just the nature of our business, you know, we're, uh, you know, we have some long-standing clients. I uh, work very closely with Cirque du Soleil, actually, which um, oh, wow. one of the largest live entertainment um, yeah. platforms. So, um, yeah, our, our sort of business is a little cyclical in that we'll get hired by these properties sometimes to help with specific projects. Um, Formerly, it was just one where you know we and we still work with them closely, and other areas of our agency are actually working with them a bit more closely now than we are from a property rights perspective. We actually help them with a lot of their uh, events. So our, our sort of team that's in charge of bringing events to life, they work closely with Formula E and wherever they are in the world, they'll, they'll help them to, um, to activate and, and, and bring their races to life. But um, yeah, it's, it's been fun working with them, getting to, to learn, you know, motorsports, global, global motorsports and uh, you know, a sport that's certainly on the rise and, and will continue to grow. Yeah. So Jeremy, I, I, I know um, you've been in the business probably almost 15 years, uh, I think. And, and, and I know we've spoken a little bit about your, well, most recent experiences. But I know they're gonna, they're, there are uh, quite a few listeners who would also be um, in, in the first few sort of jobs or, or even sort of looking to, to jump into sports um, and, and Tell us a little bit about, I mean, post your bachelor's, how did you get into sport? What was your thought process back then? I know it's a long while ago, but, but sometimes, I mean, we, uh, you, you um, remember some of these experiences quite, quite vividly. And, and so just, uh, would, I know we have uh, a few minutes left, so it would be great to just get 
maybe a story or two or just a little bit about how you got into the business uh, and, and, and then grew from there and, and, and of course doing fantastically well uh, now. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, I, it's, it is vivid actually, you know, and I sort of, um, you know, first and foremost, I, I just, uh, I mean, sports has always been that, you know, just major passion point for me. And, you know, I, I played it growing up. I, you know, like many, just, you get to a point where you, you know, you're not going to be able to play professionally. And I don't know if I even realized that, that I, that wasn't going to be a thing. I actually think that I sort of just the, the, the passion for the business really arose at an early age and, I consumed sports in so many different ways. And um, when I went to even undergrad, I you know, went specifically to a program. Uh, this is Massachusetts, uh, UMass Amherst, that had a sports business program that allowed me to you know, academically learn the business. I got you know, hands-on experience through internships. Um, you know, really the funny story that I like to always tell people and just shows the, 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 just the importance of networking and, and, and taking outside the box. I was at a uh, Brooklyn Cyclones game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this was back in the summer of, I want to say it was probably 2001. Um, <laughs> wow. And then interestingly enough, this is when, this is really actually the first professional team. Technically it's low, low, low minor league baseball or I should say yeah. low level minor league baseball. And that this is literally like, you know, most players will never even get to the majors, but, um, it was a team in Brooklyn. I was actually at a game with my parents and my mom had remarked in the, uh, in the, um, uh, the program that the general manager of the team went to UMass. Okay. So I, you know, immediately she's like, Oh, why don't you reach out to him? So I made the connection. I reached out, you know, he got back to me and, you know, you know, everything, things sort of happened from there. And then I was able to intern for, for the Brooklyn Cyclones. It was at that moment that I realized how passionate the fans in Brooklyn are for sports and entertainment. I'm like, wow, if there's ever, a, a team, a real like professional team to come to Brooklyn. It'd be a really fun thing to be a part of. So that kind of seeded that initial idea to ultimately work for the Nets. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of just connecting dots. It's, it's networking. It's you know, not being afraid to ask people for help. You know, I, I, I really enjoy giving back as much as I can and talking to young students because I think that I was, you know, like many other, you, you sort of are a beneficiary of getting good advice and talking to people. So yeah, networking is definitely one important thing. Um, you know, it, it, it's putting yourself out there, thinking differently, thinking outside the box. Um, you know, all the things that you sort of uh, think about as to, you know, what makes people successful in other industries too, right? It's reading, it's just hearing about how the successful, you know, um, uh, entrepreneurs and business people get to where they are. It's, sports is no different. If anything, sports can probably learn more about that in terms of, just kind of how to break through because it's so hard to break through. It's, it's obviously very competitive, but I think it's, you know, if you want it badly enough, um, you, you sort of, you, you sort of get there. I think that's why sports is such a fun industry to be in because it's people who really want to be in it and, and, and want to learn it. And um, so I think, um, yeah, for me, it's, it's always been a combination of just, you know, a true passion Um you know, connecting dots, building, you know, the, the network that never stops. And as much as I, you know, uh, appreciate my, my nights in, in free time more than ever having a little one at home. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of hard to, you, you sort of have to kind of always be on and, 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 and putting yourself out there and meeting with people. But yeah, nurturing relationships is really important. Um, being a student of the, of the industry or you know, reading up on all the latest trends. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's always been like academics, you know, schools help I me. Mean, my, my job with the net 
came out of a project that I did when I was actually with you at NYU. I, I, it was a, a case study that I had to do for a class. I, I spent full semester nice. um, getting a chance to learn their, their business. And that allowed me to then, you know, essentially open a door many months later when there was a job open. So, um, and then the, the job with CSM was, was, was with my relationship with a, a former um, classmate at UMass. So, my most recent jobs and, you know, probably the two proudest, you know, sort of accomplishments of, of where I am now and where I was before that and prior to that, you know, really just came from, from my, my network. So, um, 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 yeah, so it's, it's, it's a lot of, um, you know, just, uh, combination networking, having a passion, um, I you think know, you've, you've, you've hit the nail right on the head and, and, and a lot of, I mean, what we're trying to do here with, with, with Kite Talks as such is, is create that platform where, where people, exactly what you said, realize that one is, yes, you need to build a network, but at the same time, people um, aren't unapproachable. Uh, every single person in the industry has been in that particular place, right? Where they've started out and, and somebody else has helped them or whatever it is. Uh, and, and, and so, so, I mean, it, it's, it's also a matter of, uh, eventually connecting the dots. There, there are certain people, even at really senior levels who, who, who jump, uh, to another senior level because they know somebody within the network or they've sort of kept that relationship over a long period of time. And, and, and exactly what you're saying, the current job that you have is also through, I mean, that network, the, the fact that you and I are speaking now is is only because sort of we we had that relationship uh, while while studying at NYU it wasn't the case where oh you know what I, I didn't even know your name or I'd never come and have a conversation it, so so it it, it 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 really helps and and I think that's um, uh, I mean really important for for one is people not only starting out in the industry but but in general people even working in the industry I mean it's it it doesn't serve any good for the industry as a whole to sort of hold all your cards to your chest or, or really be closed. You, you got to be able to sort of interact, meet people, understand what everybody else is doing and, uh, and share ideas and, and, and hope that somebody executes them. Right. <laughs> uh, it's uh, I think that's, that's what it is, but uh, no, uh, it, it's been, uh, I mean, a, uh, awesome 30 minutes. I don't really want to take more of a time. I know it's early morning uh and and uh, at where you are at and uh, you're just about starting your day and um i really want to thank you for taking the time out that's one but uh but i know this is uh, a first of of a few conversations that we are definitely going to have uh, going forward yeah no Arup, thank you again and I'll, I'll leave you this thought too i mean just to the people listening and you know i i've learned this as i as i've gotten older you know, it, it, it is a two-way street. You know, I, I, the, the, the need to give back or the, the feeling to give back and, 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 and provide, you know, just a platform or the chance to, to, to give people the understanding of sort of what it takes. But I, I would say that younger generation, it, it is a two-way street. It's so important. I mean, as we get older and as I sort of, you know, even fall behind some of the latest trends in, in, in consumption, you know, I'm not the target anymore um, of, 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 of these brands and of these companies that are looking to figure out how to reach people. So it's so important for, for the younger generation to, you know, be humble, but understand their value and the ability that they have to provide this incredible real world insight 
to decision makers at companies that just aren't living in it, right? You know, it's the kids, how they're consuming media, all the different devices they're using, just all the different platforms. Yeah. So it, it is a two-way street. And, you know, part, part, part reason of me, you know, wanting to stay involved and giving back and, you know, guest lecturing, it's, you know, there's, I wouldn't say a selfish component to it, but it, it's sort of important to keep up with trends and with the younger generation. And I think that, you know, a platform like this, you know, the, what you're creating, um, the Sky Talks is, is really valuable because it allows for that two-way conversation to constantly happen. And yeah. I think that it's, it's really important in any business, especially sports, to sort of have that understanding that it does go both ways. That I think, you know, you, you need to constantly allow yourself to be open-minded and, and willing to learn that never stops in any business, in any industry, but really especially sports because it's changing so fast and it's so, you know, fans are just irrational. Their behaviors are changing. It's, it's becoming more competitive and more global. So the more we can learn from each other, um, the better. So no, again, thank you. It's good to good to connect with you uh, halfway around the world, and yes. um, look forward to continuing the conversation. But no, again, awesome. it's been great, and um, uh, best of luck with the rest of this, and uh, look forward to staying in touch. Yep. Thanks so much, uh, Jeremy. Have a good uh, rest of the day. Yep. Thanks, Rup.